What's up, Farmers? Welcome to the Farm Athletic Company podcast. I am your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Farm Athletic Company. If you would like more information on us, please visit our website at www.farmathleticco.com. And now, on to today's show. What's up, farmers? I hope y'all are having a good week so far, and you guys are all going to be really interested in the topic that we have for you this week. This week, we are going to talk about aging. We're going to be talking about lifestyle. We're going to be talking about programming for aging. We're going to be talking about working out for aging. There's a lot of topics about this, and the hardest part about exercise and training and aging and being human in general, is that everybody's different. So there's no one thing that works for everybody. There's no like black and white. There's no, hey, do 50 burpees and you'll have abs. There's no do 100 back squats and you'll have the best legs ever. It It's different for everyone. That's why there's so many different exercise programs out there and people can be successful at any of them. You know, technically, fitness and exercise is free. You can get online, you can go to any Facebook page, you can go to any influencer, you can, you can search it and find workouts. You can work out in your garage. Technically, exercise and fitness is free. Now, do you know what you're doing? Probably not. Unless you have some sort of education or background in fitness, you probably have no idea what you're doing. So you're just guessing And thinking that you're probably doing the right thing. Something's got to be better than nothing, right? Which usually it is. But here's where we're all getting into a whole lot of trouble right now. So the fitness industry is relatively new. And we've said this before. And you guys are probably wondering why that's such a big deal. And why is the fitness industry so new? Well, it's so new because... Back when, let's say, my grandparents were kids, everybody was a farmer. Everybody had a labor-intensive job. They got up early in the morning. They went and tended fields and took care of animals and played all day long. Their weightlifting was moving bales of hay, moving concrete blocks. Everybody had a very active lifestyle. So going to the gym... In lifting weights, first of all, it was probably more of a guy thing than anything. And it just wasn't heard of. You know, I always have to laugh because I think of my pa. His philosophy on working out was that um, we all had a set number of heartbeats in our lifespan. And if you work out, you use up all of those heartbeats faster than if you don't work out. So his philosophy is he wanted to live a really long time, so he didn't want to waste his heartbeats working out, which I find to be hilarious. Enter today's society. We have computer jobs. We have desk jobs. We have sedentary lifestyles. We have video games. We have reasons to not move as much. We have entered into a world 
where less and less people have labor-intensive jobs, where less and less of us are farmers. So therefore, exercising is now a thing. It's now a necessity. It's now a big deal for maintaining our health and warding off things like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, pretty much every major disease, illness, can be prevented unless it's genetic. Genetic outliers, that they are a thing, and but that's not what I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to things that we do during our everyday life as part of our lifestyle that lead to dysfunction and problems down the road. Enter aging. What also kind of makes me laugh is this philosophy of anti-aging or reversing the aging process. Newsflash. Not real. We all age. There is no such thing as anti-aging or reverse aging. We are all aging. And that's not a bad thing. We just have to be smart enough to realize that as we age, things have to change. You can't do the same crap at 22, at 42, at 52, at 72. Life changes as we age. Our body changes. The things that we can do changes. And they're things that we get to do. And, you know, people beat themselves up. You know, when I, was, when I was 20, when I was your age, I could do blah, blah, blah. I can't do that anymore. You know, almost like it's a sad state of affairs. But we're so consumed with things that we cannot do that we fail to focus on the things that we can do. So if I want to age wisely... If my goal is to be push mowing my yard at 87 like my Nana, what do I need to be doing at 42 to get me there? Let me tell you what I should not have been doing at 22, (laughs) pretty much everything that I was doing. So let me me tell you about 22-year-old Andrea. 22-year-old Andrea um, was in college playing golf. getting decent grades, but also enjoyed going out with friends a lot to the point of staying out all night, um, shutting down bars, driving everybody home, hanging out afterwards, getting about 45 minutes to an hour of sleep before I had to get up, drive to work, where I would stand in the shower at the golf course, trying to wake myself up. I would eat some sort of breakfast and then I would work at the golf course from, I think my shift was like 7 a.m. to 1 or 2 p.m. I would go home. I would go to sleep. I would take a really long nap and then I'd get up and do it all again. I ate and drank whatever I wanted. Um, Large Pizza Hut pizzas, Mountain Dews, actually in in college, it moved on to Diet Coke. Obsessed with Diet Coke. I can tell you who had the best 
Fountain Diet Coke in town and who had the best ice to go with that Diet Coke. Alcohol. At that time, it was hard alcohol because I didn't like beer. Eventually, that changed to beer. Um, I was not in a health-oriented, health-educated world. Did I enjoy working out? Yeah, because I enjoyed playing sports. And I had friends that had gym memberships. So we would go to the gym, and we would do all sorts of different things. At one point, I think I had a rock climbing membership. Um, At one point, I took Muay Thai kickboxing for two years. I was a member of a regular Globo-style gym. Um, My best friend in college taught the water aerobics class. And you want to talk about something fun. Granted, I was the youngest one there by probably 40 years. But talk about fun. I loved going to water aerobics class. So I would go to the gym. They had a little gym there at the hospital she worked at. I would take her water aerobics class, and then I would go into the gym and lift weights or stand on the Stairmaster for whatever, however long, and then go eat junk and drink beer or drink alcohol, whatever. I weighed, I don't know, 120 pounds soaking wet. I thought I was one of those lucky people. I didn't need to watch what I ate. I could do whatever I wanted. Stay up all night, eat, drink, have a good time, go to work, take a nap, run, sleep deprived, didn't matter. Fast forward to now 42, I can't do any of that crap. Um, Eight hours of sleep is a necessity. However, sometimes due to work, it's more like six hours, but man... If I, if I only got an hour of sleep, you want to talk about problems. I no longer eat whatever I want. I'm aware of what's in my food. I'm aware of how much of it I eat. I've weighed and measured my food. I understand what protein, carbs, and fats are. I understand what calorie counting is. I understand how all of this affects my workouts. I understand how all of it affects my mood. I understand how all of it affects my sleep. There's been a lot of awareness, a lot of education, a lot of, well, crap, that was wrong, that has gone on in my life. And these are all things that our entire staff has been through as well. Everybody's been through ups and downs and injuries. We've done things the right way. We've done things the wrong way. And all we can do as human beings is learn from those experiences and then try to help educate others. Here recently, as you all know, if this is, if you've listened to the other three episodes, you have either been with us in the gym or you've listened to the episodes where we have discussed our rebranding and moving into a different direction. If you've been a member of our gym for a long time, you've known that our average age in our gym is older than most. Our average age is actually mid-40s. So it doesn't do a whole lot of good to have programming geared towards people in their early 20s. And Sherry and I have always known that. When we started this, did we have kids programs? Yep. Did we have 
younger than 40s joining our gym? Yeah, sure we did. At that time, I mean, people were in their late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, mid to late 30s. However, there's still, the majority of our population was still mid 30s, early 40s. So if, if you've been a member of our gym for a long time, you have witnessed programming that's actually fairly intensely programmed for that demographic of people. Even our programming at that time, even though we were technically a CrossFit gym, our programming was never truly just CrossFit or never truly authentically CrossFit. It was always Sherry and I's version of our programming. As we've gone through our education and what people need, that programming has changed. And it's been a lot of hard conversations and it's been a, a lot of misunderstanding. But here's been the biggest thing with our programming. And here's been the biggest thing that everyone needs to realize. 2020 had a pandemic in it. A pandemic in which a lot of people got sick. It brought a lot of awareness to health and what we all need to do to be taking care of ourselves. And what all of you guys don't realize is that that pandemic changed the fitness industry. For those of us that are in the fitness industry, like, I mean, in it, like own gyms, we're coaches, we like study and pay attention and watch this thing. It's changed and it's changing more. It is not the same as it was pre-pandemic and it sure as hell isn't the same as what it was in the 80s and 90s. And the reason why I get very passionately fired up about this is because we have spent so much time educating ourselves and researching and learning and paying attention. And yet we have people that I've had discussions with that this is not what they do. And they're like, what are we doing? And so there's been an education process. And that's what I want to talk with everybody about aging and programming and working out and what has happened over the past couple of years, but what has happened over the past couple of decades that has gotten us to this point. You know, in the 80s and 90s, maybe even the early 2000s, there was this ideology of move more, eat less. Um, that's a crock and it doesn't work, but yet people are still stuck in that mindset of move more, eat less. So they want to work out for hours upon hours on end or run 50 miles a day or do a workout class here and then go to a different gym and do a workout class there. And because it's not enough, it's not enough. But then when you ask people what they eat, they'll start off by saying something like I do intermittent fasting or which is a different subject, by the way, or they're like, well, I don't eat breakfast because I don't like it. So I usually drink coffee until two o'clock in the afternoon. And then for lunch, I have a kind bar. And then by the time dinner comes around, um, 
you know, we have like either chicken or vegetables or we go out for pizza or whatever. But then on Wednesdays, by the time Wednesdays come around, for some reason, I'm starving. And suddenly out of nowhere, I'm eating Doritos and gas station hot dogs. What? That's not good. But yet, we're going to the gym, we're lifting weights, we're running three miles before we go to the gym, then we run home, we go for triathlon long bike rides on weekends. Like, it's so misunderstood about what people need to actually live a healthy lifestyle. And back in the day when everybody was a farmer and they were picking things up and throwing things overhead and rotationally moving heavy objects and busy all day long, the type of training, quote unquote, that they did was far more than probably what we need to sit at a desk all day long. The actual amount of exercise that you need to be a healthy individual on a daily basis, if you have a nine to five job, a family, so on and so forth, the actual amount of physical activity you need is really pretty low. You're looking at 30 minutes to an hour, maybe three to maybe four times a week. That's it. That is to live a healthy lifestyle and function. That's, that's really the movement that you need exercise wise. And by exercise, I'm talking about resistance training and I'm talking about a little bit of cardio, keeping in mind that the point of cardio is to train your heart. The point of cardio is not to lose weight, to lose body fat. That's not the point. The point is to train your heart. Now, where everybody's getting confused is that they feel like they need to train like they're going to be a Navy SEAL. If you are going to be in the military, if you are going to be a police officer, a firefighter, something that has a high physical demand on your life for a job, you're going to need more. You're going to need more training. But the last time I checked, the person who has a nine to five job sitting at a desk does not need to be able to hold their breath underwater for three minutes. That same person with a desk job also doesn't need to need, being my words, doesn't need to squat snatch, doesn't need to clean and jerk, doesn't need to do ring muscle ups, doesn't need to handstand walk, doesn't need three hours worth of training in a gym, doesn't need to go to the gym and work out followed by a five mile run or a 20 mile ruck in the sand. I say need because there's a difference between needs and wants. And that is something that we have taken a really good look at when it comes to our programming. 
we look at our programming in cyclical fashion. We program a month at a time and we keep in mind what does the human body need? What does it need in order to be healthy, in order to function well throughout the day, in order to be pain-free, and in order to increase your longevity as you age? What does it need? The most important thing that it needs, that we need as we age, is lean muscle mass. Most important, the main focus of our training is tempo weightlifting. Now, let's talk about tissue. Not like tissues like you blow your nose. I'm talking about like muscle tissue. It's one thing to have really strong outside muscles. You know, you squat, you bench, you deadlift, whatever. Those give you some nice, really strong outside muscles. You want an Olympic lift? You can throw some Olympic lifts in there. However, if you develop your outside muscles without considering your inside muscles, you are a walking time bomb. At some point, something's going to break. You think I'm kidding? Ask my business partner who's had two rotator cuff surgeries, a torn hip labrum, and back surgery. Ask some of the Ask one of our coaches that we have that's, ha that's also had a torn rotator cuff that's required PRP. Ask some of our clients that we've worked with over the years that have had torn shoulder labrums, torn elbows, busted up knees. When all you are worried about is what it is, what looks good on the outside or what's strong on the, out on the outside, and you neglect the inside. Something is going to break and it's going to happen at a time when you least expect it. You might not even have any warning. You might do something like pick up your kid. We just spoke with a gentleman the other day who um, used to train heavy and hard and tore his bicep picking up his daughter. Now we've also spoken with a good friend of ours that um, recently tore his pec, had to have surgery to reattach it. You know, there's, these are, these are big deals. This is not a rolled ankle. This is not a pulled quad. We're talking like surgery level things that can happen. And whenever we look at our programming, some of the stuff that we program, I'm not going to lie. It's boring. There's some boring stuff. Hamstring planks are boring. However, would you like to know what's amazing for helping to prevent hamstring tendonitis and torn hamstrings? Hamstring planks. They're called isometric holds. The muscle contraction where it just stays in one place and you hold it is isometric and it is a strength in and of itself. So if you don't understand the why of movement, if you don't understand the why of what the human body needs, needs, all you're going to do is continue to hammer yourself into the ground over and over again 
day in and day out and then wonder why everything hurts all the time and why you're not seeing results. So as we age, our definition of what working out looks like needs to change. Unless your goal is to be a top-level competitive athlete, what your workouts look like needs to change. A big part of those workouts is lifestyle. It's recovery. If you're not keeping all of this in mind and you're just going to the gym every day and you're doing more and eating less, taking time bomb. Tick, 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 boom. And let me tell you something. I've watched that recovery firsthand, and it sucks. Sucks. I watched what Sherry went through twice, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It's really not fun. So if your goal is to be a competitive athlete, and you want to throw yourself into competition, I mean, we did. We did. I get it. I totally get it. It's a very addictive feeling. You're addicted to the adrenaline rush. We were there. And here's what we learned in that process. Number one, there's a lot of risk involved. There is a risk reward factor that is much higher than just taking care of yourself and doing what you need to be healthy. If you're doing what you want, in order to be a high-level competitive athlete, you have to assume the elevated risk. Number two, there is also an elevated sacrifice that goes along with it. It requires much more of your time. It requires much more of your resources because you're going to need to get a lot more body work done. You need massage, you need chiropractor, you need dry needling, you need, you need all the things. It's going to come. You're going to need it. Be prepared. If we view our training and we view our daily life in terms of what we need, here is what we need in order to live healthy. We need to walk more. No, you don't need to put on running shoes and go running five miles on your days off. If you want to run every now and then, go for it. Go for a run. But what's even better for you is to start walking more. Park further away from the building and walk. Take the stairs. Increase your steps on a daily basis. Get a standing desk. Decrease your time sitting. Sitting will kill you. Not kidding. Stand up and walk more. When it comes to going to the gym three to five days a week, the majority of your training as you're aging needs to be focused on muscle activation and increasing your lean muscle mass, meaning you need to be doing tempo weightlifting. 
you need to be doing accessory movements that are focused on specific muscle activation, contraction, the deep down inside stuff that protects your heart and soul and gives you the ability to be able to walk and stand when you're 85 years old. Things that you take for granted right now, I watch my grandparents not be able to do. Sitting, standing, walking. And trust me, when it starts going downhill, it goes downhill real fast. You'll lose it. If you're like, yeah, but I do all this heavy weightlifting and I do this high intensity stuff and I go to this gym and, you know, we do 45 minute, really hard, really high intensity things that cool, but that's not what you need. That's not what the human body needs in order to be healthy. It needs attention to details. Even when you're doing a cardio piece, so for us, our, weight, our, our general programming looks like this. We have a weightlifting piece at the beginning. A tempo weightlift could be with a barbell, it could be pull-ups, it could be single arm, single leg. We then move into accessory movements that could be core, that could be isometric, could be sled walking, it varies. And then we go into a conditioning piece at the end. And that conditioning piece could be cardio, it could be a, involve a bike or a rower. It could also be muscular endurance. And where people fail at understanding programming and exercising is that they tie feeling dead. Sweating to the point of being dehydrated, being so sore they can barely walk. They tie those things to good workouts. That's not what makes a workout good. What makes a workout good is number one, did you move your body? Number two, did you activate the right muscles? On certain days, you're going to get your heart rate up a little bit higher than others. On certain days, you might work, walk out of the gym and you didn't sweat. That's okay. You don't have to sweat your ass off for it to have been a good workout. You don't have to be so sore that you can't walk. Those are actually signs of really poor programming. And I'm saying that acknowledging that we used to do that in the past. We did it wrong. And it takes a big person to admit when they're wrong. And I admit it on a regular basis. We were wrong. We did it wrong. Now we're doing it right. You can build, the best way to build lean muscle mass is to work up to close to a failure point. Not going to failure meaning you lose form. Going to muscle failure, whether it's heavyweight or lightweight, whether it's four reps, whether it's 24 reps. If you get to the point to where, for example, this past weekend, our workout had one set of max rep push-ups in it. I did 27. I stopped one rep short of complete failure. And I kept good form the whole time. That was the goal. 
Activate the right muscles, keep good form. One set close, one rep close to failure, that builds muscle. And in the words of Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who's fantastic by the way, muscle is the organ of longevity. And I love listening to her because she speaks science. I'm talking about facts. I'm not making stuff up. This isn't my opinion. And I love listening to her because she talks about science and facts. And there's so many people in this world, so many people in this world that are just spewing their opinions. It is a fact that muscle is the organ of longevity. It is a fact. And what I love about part of what she believes in is that we are not over fat as a population. We are under muscled. And that's the truth. Muscle burns more calories throughout the day. It's a much more expensive tissue. So over the course of your entire day, the more lean muscle mass you have, the more calories you naturally burn just sitting still. So there's that. There's that benefit. It also helps to protect your bones. It also helps to protect your joints. It helps to protect your organs. I mean, it is the organ of longevity. She's absolutely right. So when people walk into a fitness facility, they start any kind of new program. They're still living in this ideology from years ago that we need to beat the crap out of ourselves. We need to do this high volume, high rep, high intensity, heavy breathing, heavy sweating, workout every single day for a long period of time. And you don't. Fun fact, if you are over the age of 40, which is technically considered a master's athlete, you are looking at going hard, putting in hard to high intensity two days a week. Once again, not my opinion. This is the key to health and longevity. You're looking at two days a week. Those are on, those are your days where, you know what? I feel good. I'm going to push it a little bit harder today. That is not an everyday healthy lifestyle thing. Two days a week, maybe. Now, does that mean you don't work out the rest of the days? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what happens to all of us is that we get into this mindset of this move more, eat less thing. Then we go crazy on the weekends and eat all of the things. But we become addicted to a feeling. We become addicted to the adrenaline dump. When I do high intensity workouts, I get this fight or flight feeling. And I'm so addicted to that. So what happens when you start something like that is that a five minute workout gives you that and you feel good. The longer you do it, then you need a 10 minute workout, then a 20 minute workout. Pretty soon you're doing 45 minute workouts. Pretty soon you're doing an hour and 10 minute workouts, trying to go as hard as you can 
because now the five minute workout feels like it doesn't give you a good enough workout anymore. There's a different stimulus. There's a different purpose. There's a different reason for every workout that you do. They can't always be, they can't all be the same. And they don't all need to be ridiculously high intensity. Some days muscular endurance, some days a little higher intensity, some days interval training, some days walking. Walking is the most underrated, underappreciated form of exercise on the planet. Why? Because it's easy. So everybody thinks they're not doing anything. Walking lowers your stress hormone, which is cortisol. It helps regulate your glucose. I mean, how amazing is that? It helps you burn calories. It helps reduce your risk for heart disease. Game on. I mean, do you need any other reasons to walk more? I didn't think so. So as we're going through life and as we're going through aging, we need to understand what we need. You know, in the last podcast, I talked about knowing your why. Why you want to do the things that you're doing. Understanding risk-reward. If you have a why of being healthy, then you need to understand the program needed in order to get you there. From a coaching point of view, from a gym owner point of view, one of the hardest things that we have done is programmed what people need. It's been a really hard conversation to have with people because sometimes people don't understand. We have been told over and over again about good workouts or bad workouts or how they want to feel after a workout. All of, and not all of that is fine. And we completely understand. There are people that want to do military style training. There are people that want to do heavy Olympic lifting. There are people that want to do heavy powerlifting. There are people that want to do long distance ultra marathons. Understanding risk-reward is a big part of that. What we're talking about is people that want to live an active lifestyle and be healthier day in and day out for the rest of their life. That's who I'm talking to right now. Knowing what you need puts you a step ahead of everybody else, right? Trusting that we're doing our part as a fitness community to get people there. That's a bigger part. You have to trust the process. Now, also part of this whole picture is lifestyle. So many people fail to pay attention to lifestyle factors and instead 
believe that if they just work out more or go to the gym more or run more, that, that they can do whatever they want. That was me at age 22. I can get away with that crap at 22. At 42, there's a lot more to this picture. So the unfortunate news that you're aging, which is really not unfortunate, it's actually a blessing. You are lucky that you're, get, that you're getting to age. There needs to be an awareness with your aging. No, you don't need to be drinking alcohol all weekend long and partying like you're 21 only to think that you're going to make up for it during the week by running extra or going to the gym extra or whatever. It doesn't work like that. This is a bigger picture. Sleep, nutrition, stress. Sleep, diet, stress. There are things that are 100% within our control and there are things that people 100% neglect and feel that they can outwork. You're going to hear it over and over and over again. You can't outwork a bad diet. Abs are made in the kitchen, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, it's true. You will see more. In fact, what's been amazing to watch within our four walls as we've gone through this transformation of helping to get people feeling better. Once we changed our programming, we watched people lean out. We watched people feel better. We watched people achieve their goals faster. And what's been crazy about all of this is once we got these people feeling better, once everybody started feeling better, they're like, this isn't hard enough. You have to see the change when you lower your stress and stress comes at us from all factors. You know, you have a stressful day at work, going to the gym and destroying your tissue and beating yourself adds additional stress. It will keep you inflamed. It will prevent you from losing weight. Fact. If you stay in that state of continual destruction, not only will you not lose the body fat that you're wanting to lose, you will actually make yourself more and more chronically inflamed. Your joints will hurt more. You will feel like you're gaining weight. You'll have trouble sleeping at night. You will become irritable and moody. It messes with your hormones. I have seen cases and studies of people that have actually sent themselves into women that have actually sent themselves into early menopause from working out too much, overdoing it. Too much stress on their body smashed their hormones to the point of sending themselves into early menopause. This is a very real thing. It affects your health. So if we're going to fail to pay attention to sleep, diet, stress. Three big things that are 100% within our control. We're going to completely ignore them and continue to thump ourselves into the ground. You're missing the bigger picture of health and longevity. 100% missing it. And when you go to the gym, 
to lower your stress level. As soon as you walk in the door, that should be enough. First of all, that release of like, whew, I'm not at work. Yes, this is where I like to be. Now let's lift some weights. If your idea of lowering your stress level is to go as hard as you can, as heavy as you can, and lay on the floor in a big pile of your own mess, you're actually increasing your stress and damaging your body more than you're doing it good. There is a tearing down part of working out, and then there is a rebuilding part of working out. The rebuilding comes in the rest. The rebuilding comes in the sleep, diet, and stress reduction. Your body has to rebuild in order to get the benefits. If you're living in a constant destruction, 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 and you're never giving your body time to rebuild. Once again, we're going to go back to our conversation of being a ticking time bomb. You're on your way to some sort of catastrophic injury. So in viewing aging, viewing what the body needs in order to be healthy, in order to get from 22 to 42 to 62 to 82. There's a sequence of things that the body needs in order to get there gracefully, strong, independent. Find someone that knows what those things are that you need. Understand that this is what you need. Accept that this is what you need. Fighting aging is a losing battle. I mean, it's like trying to fight against gravity. It ain't going to work. You are going to age. You're aging every minute of every day. Getting just a little bit older. And if you happen to be somewhere where you're fortunate enough to have a coach that you can go to and ask for help with this, ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. If you're injured, ask for help. Don't just assume that because you're old or older or aging that there's nothing that can be done. Don't assume that because a doctor's told you you have a bad back or that you have a bad knee that there's nothing that can be done. Don't assume those things. There's a lot of things that can be done. Ask for help.
We have changed our program because we believe in this so deeply and we have witnessed it firsthand so many times that we believe that we can help people better and achieve far more success and longevity with this program and with what we have to offer. This is our life work. This is our passion. We are so excited when somebody walks through our door and says, I need your help. I'm ready to change. I'm ready to be active again. I'm ready for my knee to stop hurting. I'm ready to lose this weight. I'm ready to achieve these goals. That fires us up. That gets us out of bed every morning. It takes us to work every day. It's not a job when you love it this much. Not only are we building better humans, we're building better humans that are longevity strong. And the bigger picture of our programming speaks to that on every level. We hope that you have a great week. And we hope that if this helped, we hope that it helped you to see the bigger picture of aging, of what we need to stay active for the long term. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a review, share it with your family and friends, share it on your social media platforms. Our mission is to build better humans through the education of health and movement. If this resonates with you, please shoot us an email at forged at ferrumathletico.com. Follow us on social media. Facebook or Instagram at Ferrum Athletico. And we will see you all soon. Thank you for helping us to build better humans.